You are listening to another Shear from the Amr Week program brought to you by the St. Louis Kailal. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Amud of the Week. Um, my name is Dan Lefton, and I will be bringing you the Amud beginning on the bottom of Chavtes Amud Aleph in Meseches Sukkah, the end of the second parak uh, of Sukkah. And we will finish off the second parak and uh, go on to the third parak of Meseches Sukkah. Let's pick up where we left off last week, the bottom six lines on Chaf Tes Amid Aleph, um, 29a, Mesecha Sukkah. Tanara Banan. Bishvil Arba Dvarim Chamaloka. There are four reasons why we experience solar eclipses. This is, a, this is just a little, re, a little review from last week. What are the four things? Number one, al av based in shemes ve'enu nisbad kalacha. When the av based in uh, passes away and he is not properly eulogized, that's reason number one. Number two, v'al nara hamurashet shetzaka ba'ir, where you have a situation where a nara mu'rasa, who is a young girl whose father has passed away. And she is screaming in the town because apparently she's being mistreated and nobody comes to her rescue. That is um, another reason why we would experience the solar eclipse. Um, no one comes in and rescues her. Uh, uh, another reason why we would experience the Solar eclipse is a solar eclipse is because of the sin of Mishkav Zachar, of homosexuality. That when homosexuality is prevalent in a society, then uh, Hashem punishes us with the bad omen or the bad sign of a solar eclipse. And I guess one can say, if it is not just practiced in the community, but if it is, or in the society, but if it is actually. Um, recognized and condoned, that makes it even worse. And what probably would make it even worse than that is if something like this is actually celebrated, which unfortunately we see um, in society from time to time. So just a little food for thought when it comes to this, this one issue here of the four, the Mishkov Zacher, that just for the mere act, Hashem is, uh, is angered to the point where he brings a solar eclipse, um, how much more so when society recognizes um, this, uh, celebrates and celebrates it as, uh, as uh, we, as I said, as we sometimes see. Um, but that is uh, the, just the third of the four, um, the third of the four, Reasons why Hashem brings a solar eclipse. And the fourth reason is when two brothers uh, are killed together. Um, those are the, um, those are the, those are the four things that, uh, that cause a solar eclipse. Um, okay. Uh, and because of four things, we see other types of eclipses. Maoros, is, I guess the best way to understand it is would be a lunar eclipse. 
um, that would be the only that would be the only other thing that I can uh, well look at Rashi says Maoros which would be a lunar eclipse or an eclipse of the stars. I didn't I didn't know that there was such a thing as eclipse from the stars, but that's what Rashi says. Although Rashi does then go on to say, or actually the Rashi that precedes that says Bishfield Valdvarum. And on these things, Rashi says, Loshamati Tam Bedavar. Rashi says he didn't ever understand or he never even heard a reason for this. But nevertheless, this is what the Gemara says, the four reasons why we would see a lunar eclipse. What are the four reasons? Bishvel Arbadvarim, Maoros Lokin. What are the four reasons for a lunar eclipse? Alkosve Plastar. That um, where you have, Rashi says, Shtaros Mizuyafim. So that would be um, uh, fake, fake documents. Um, so when, when invalid documents are written in business, that's one of the reasons for a lunar eclipse. Uh, if somebody brings false testimony, that's another reason. If people raise small animals. Now that might seem a little strange, but Rashi explains it. What does Rashi say on Magidle? that it they destroy the land. Why? So because the, with the small animals, they're not able to be controlled. And I think we're talking only about Eretz Yisrael here, but um, small animals are not able to be controlled. And inevitably what they're going to do is they're going to graze on fields or on pastures uh, that are not owned by the people that own those animals, and that's stealing, so that's a bad sign. So if people who raise small animals, um, could they also cause uh, this bad thing to this bad thing to happen of, of the lunar eclipse? Um, right, as, Rashi, as I said, but so we're talking about an Eretz Yisrael where animals that are not, that are owned by one person are grazing on the field of another person. I guess with larger animals, Gasos, we don't have that problem, but by Daka we do. And then the last thing is, I'll quote to say, Ilanos Tovos, that people who cut down Ilanos Tovos, which are good trees, nice trees, um, which I believe that the way we understand that is fruit-bearing trees. That uh, that cutting down a fruit bearing tree is a uh, is a bad thing, and one who does that uh, helps to bring is one of the reasons why we would bring on the um, it was one of the reasons why we would bring on the Maoros Loken uh, the Maoros Loken the um, the uh, eclipse of the Maoros. Um, so the four things here are false false documents, false testimony raising small animals, and cutting down uh, fruit-bearing trees. Uh, the Gemara goes on to say, And for four reasons, the property of Balabatim, of, of landowners, of, of, of people, is going to uh, escheat, uh, would be the legal term, but is going to get turned over to Malchus, to the government. What are the four reasons? Al-Mashihi Shtaros Pruyim. That uh, they engage in in in, in staros pruyim, which are, which means that they well, let's see what Rashi says. Bottom Rashi over there, staros pruyim, amashi staros pruyim. I'm not sorry, not the bottom Rashi, second to bottom Rashi. So amashi staros pruyim that they hold on to their staros etzlam for themselves. Kedei lachserv aligbos pa'am acheres. 
so that they can go and try and redeem them uh, a second time. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about a situation where one person lends money to another person. And of course, there is a document that um, that, 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 that records this transaction. So what happens is, is that the person, the lender holds on to the document so that when it comes time for the borrower to pay back the loan, the lender has some proof that he made him the loan. So what he does is let's just say there's a $10,000 loan. So Ruvain is holding this document saying that Shimon owes him $10,000. And then it comes time for Shimon to pay back the loan. So Shimon comes and gives him the $10,000. Now, what's supposed to happen is Ruvain is supposed to take that document and either destroy it or give it over to Shimon with some sort of an indication that it's been paid. But what, 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 what the Gemara here is talking about is it's talking about the practice of some people that what they would do is they would not turn that document over to the borrower when the borrower repaid the loan. And what's the purpose of that is so that at some later date, he could come back and say, hey, Shimon, hey, borrower, you never returned that money. You never, you never paid back that loan that I, that I made to you. And here's the proof that you didn't is that I'm still holding on to the loan document. So, so the fact that they didn't return loan documents, that was one of the reasons why um, why Nixay uh, Balabatim would eventually uh, become uh, turned over to the government. What's their second reason? Almalve Baribis, that's pretty straightforward, that people would lend money with interest. We know, of course, it's a major Isser, Isser do Risa, for someone to lend money with interest. So that's, that's another reason. The third reason is that that a person has a has an opportunity to um, to protest something and they don't protest it. Rashi, first top Rashi there. We're now on Chav Tesam and Beis. What what's it talking about? That the Balabatim, that they have the ability and the wherewithal to protest those that are committing Averos. Shabidoram in their generation, Shadivrehem Nishmayim, because these people, their words will be listened to, Machmas Oshram, because they're wealthy people. Vabrias Yirim Shmehem Velo Michu, that people will listen to these people because they're wealthy people. And if they make a big, if they make a mechaf, if they make a protest about over Avera, about people who are committing Averos, then others will listen and it'll, and it'll do good. What we're talking about here is one of the reasons why a, uh, a person's uh, property may eventually become taken by the government is because people who are in that position do not use their position of wealth or they, do, they don't use their, their position of respect or of prestige to speak out and complain about the things that need to be complained about against the ovray against the Ovre um, uh, Averos, and because they don't speak out and they don't complain, so therefore they're punished. So that's reason number three. And what's reason number four? V'al sheposkim tzedakah barabim v'enom nosnin. So what, what's this case? Rashi, 
Again, we're talking about these balabatim, that they make public pledges for how much money that they're going to give, that they're going to give to these poor people, and they never give it. So it's people who publicly make a pledge to give tzedakah, and they don't give it. That's the fourth reason why you're going to run into this problem where the government's going to take your property. So we got the four reasons. One is the contracts that are not redeemed or not returned when the loan is paid off. That's one. Two is lo- loans that um, that are given with interest. Three is people who have the ability to protest things that are wrong uh, and they don't do it. That's three. And four is people who make public pledges for, for tzedakah and they don't give the money. Viter. Amarav. Rav says, For four, there are four reasons why all the property of people <coughs> will eventually just become destroyed. What are they? That you withhold wages from the people that work from you. And let's see what Rashi says on Osek, Rashi says, Legamre Gozo Scharo. They don't even, this is like a different, this is a whole different level. That, that, that the people, they don't withhold it, they just don't pay. They steal it outright. Withholding it might be that they pay it late. But, but Oske is just a case where they, where they just steal it outright. So that's one and two. What's three? Vial Shaporkin Ol, Shaporkin Ol Meyalso Rehen. Uh, and this, those of us that know will know that this is something that we clap al chait for in Vidoy on Yom Kippur, that we cast off the old uh, our responsibilities, and what do we do? We and we put it on to our brothers, or on to or on to our friends. I'm not talking about passing on responsibility that you of things that you're supposed to do to your brother. I'm talking about you give it to your friends or to others is probably the better way to understand this. And on the, so the, and the fourth thing is which the best way to understand is gaiva. That people who are, people who are, uh, who are, who are arrogant, and look what Rashi says on this last Rashi of the parak about Gasos Ruach, Shemis Goyim Umishesrorin, Alachehem, that they have this gaiva on their brothers, Bishvil Oshron, because of their wealth. So people who are arrogant solely because of their wealth, not for any other reason. So for these four reasons, a person's property will be, end up being destroyed completely. The God and Rosh, and the and the parak just ends off here by saying, the gasos haruach keneged kulan, and this idea of arrogance because of wealth, that is keneged kulan. That's greater than all of these put together. Av av anavim, but by anavim, by humble people, ksiv the pasuk says, anavim Yeshua aretz, the the humble will inherit the earth, the meek will inherit the earth, vehis angu al rov. Shalom, and they will be, they will have, they will have um, happiness in the in the um, in the uh, peace that is in the land. So that's what that's that's the pasuk that that um, 
That's the Pasuk in Tehillim that discusses uh, the people who have the Mida of Anivus, of, 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 of humility. Um, they, will, they will eventually inherit the earth. The meek will inherit the earth. I'm not sure what the source of that is. I mean, I know what the source is. I'm not sure what, where that comes from. The meek will inherit the earth. But that's the source uh, is in Tehillim there. And this is the end of the second parak of Mesecha Sukkah. Hadron Alecha Yashen Tachasamita Hadron Alach. We will return to you, second parak of Sukkah. We will learn you again. Uh, mazel Tov to all of us that have completed the second parak of Sukkah. And of course, as we well know, whenever it comes to finishing anything, whether it be through um, finishing a Masechta or finishing a parak or finishing everything, the first thing that we do immediately after we say the Hadron is we just jump right into the next parak. So we, we just move straight from the end of the second parak uh, to the third parak. So this is a completely, totally different topic. And the third parak of Meseches Sukkah is, is, starts with the following Mishnah. Lulav HaGazel. If somebody steals a lulav, or a stolen lulav, or a dried out lulav, puzzle. That is a, that's puzzle. It's, it's forbidden to, you cannot fulfill the mitzvah of lulav using a stolen or a dried out lulav. Shalashira, Vishal Iranidachas, puzzle. If it's a lulav from an Ashira or from Iranidachas, it's also puzzle. What are we talking about here? Look at Rashi. Shalashira, Elan Shaovdenoso, Avodazara, Gemara Mufarish Taima. So Ashira is a tree that is used for uh, Avodazara. And the Gemara will explain much later on what this is exactly talking about. But for the purposes of this Mishnah, we should understand that this is a lulav that came off of a tree that is used for Avodah and it is therefore puzzle. You cannot fulfill the mitzvah of lulav with it. Uh, or or, or, or Irhanidachas is also puzzle. We know Irhanidachas is a city that engaged in, 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 um, in Avodah and it needs to be burned to the ground. So any lulav that comes from a tree that's in that city is also posel. Niktam rosho, if the top of the lulav is cut off, the nifritzu alav, or if the leaves are pulled off, um, uh, a posel, it's also posel. However, nifritzu alav, if the leaves aren't pulled out, but they're just bent outwards, if they're spread outwards, so kasher, then it is kasher. Then that lulav can still be used. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, you should bind it together from the top. So to keep it as straight as possible, so if it's just, if the leaves are just bent outwards, then it could be fixed and it could be straightened out. Uh, it could be bound together from, you know, to, it could be bound back together and therefore that lulav would be kosher. Okay? Vaiter. Tzine harba haraba zolkshiros. A lulav that comes from trees that are on harhabarzel, which is... Uh, Har Habarzel is a um, the Gemara Mafarish Bigamar Rashi uh, Rashi will explain later. Rashi explains that the Gemara explains what this is on, what this is talking about later on. But this is talking about um, that Lulav uh, Lulavim that come from a mountain Har Habarzel, which is a bronze mountain. So Kshiras, uh it is Kusher, or Ibar Barzel is not bronze; it's iron, an iron mountain. So Kshiras, those are Kusher. Lulav sheyesh bo shloshetvachim, and the Mishnah just rounds out here by saying a lulav needs to be at least three tvachim long. Kedela nanea bo kasher. So in order for us for us to um, to um, 
to uh, to sway it to to shake the lulav. It has to be at least three drachim. So that makes that that is what makes it kosher. Okay, so let's just move right straight on to the Gemara. So the Gemara asks the following question: Ka pasik vatani. If we're looking here at our Mishnah, so what does our Mishnah teach us? Our mission does not differentiate, and I think we're specifically talking about the um, the first part of our mission of lulav gazel, that a stolen lulav or, or a lulav a yavish, or a dried out lulav. It does not differentiate between losing the lulav on the first day of yantif and using the lulav on the subsequent days of yantif, because the first day of yantif is a mitzvah doraisa. But the subsequent days of Yantiv, taking the Lulav is only a Durabbanan, right? So how do we know that? We know that from the Pasuk, that the Pasuk says, the Pasuk in Vayikra says, that you should take it on the first day. You take this, you create Hadar as the Esrog, Kapos Tamarim, which is the Lulav, Anaf Eitzavos, Va'arve Nacho, and those are, those, are, those, are the, those are the parts of the Lulav, the Arbaminim, and you take those, uh, the Torah tells you, take us on the first day. However, our Mishnah does not differentiate at all between Yom Tov Rishon and Yom Tov Sheni. It does not differentiate at all between the first day and any of the second of the subsequent days. So, Lo Shnabi Yom Tov Rishon, Lo Shnabi Yom Tov Sheni. So, what's the story? Why doesn't it differentiate? So, Bish Lama Yavish. I understand this well by Yavish, by a dried out lulav. That makes sense to me. Why? Because hadar binam, because it needs to be nice. Hadar it needs to be hidor, it needs to be it needs to be nice. And it's not nice. So a Valeka and, and, and a Lula of Yavesh is not nice. So therefore I understand why the mission doesn't differentiate, because that's gonna be possible the whole time through. Ella Gazel but by Gazel, by a stolen lulav, it's a bishlam of Yom Tov Rishon. I understand well by Yom Tov Rishon, because the Pasuk specifically says lachem, which means you must own it. So Mishalachem, that, 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 yeah, I know that on the first day you must own it, but on any subsequent day, there's absolutely no indication that you have to actually own that lulav. So one might think that lulav agazel, that a stolen lulav, is okay to be used on a day, on any day after the first day of Yon, of, of Sukkot. So how come our Mishnah doesn't differentiate between the two, between the first days of Yantav and any of the subsequent days of Yantav? Great question. So the Gemara answers, um, so uh, uh, I'm sorry. So why doesn't it? Why don't like I said? Why doesn't it say? Why why can't you use a, a stolen lulav on the second day of Yantav? Our Mishnah doesn't differentiate. Uh, it should differentiate because the pasuk is clear that you really only need to use the uh, uh, a lulav that you own on the first day of Yantav. So the Gemara answers. I'm Rav Yochanan Mishum Rav Shimon Ben Yochi. So Rav Yochanan says in the name of Rav Shimon. Ben Yochi, what does it say? We flip over now to Daf Lamed Bey's Amud. Uh, I'm sorry, Daf Lamed Lamed Amud. Uh, we flip over to Daf Lamed Amud Aleph. So, so he says, "Mishum da Havile Mitzvah Habab Avera." Because now you're dealing with a separate situation of what's called mitzvah hababa avera, that by, by, by that you're doing a mitzvah that's coming about through an avera. What's the mitzvah? The mitzvah that you're doing is v'lakachdem priyatada. You're taking your lulav and you're shaking your lulav. That's what you're supposed to be doing. However, it comes. It's coming through. Uh, it's coming through an avera, the avera of stealing, right? And how does how do they prove that? How does the gemara prove this? Shenemar. 
The Pasuk says, V'havasem gazol ve'es ha'pisach ve'es ha'chola. That this is talking about bringing karbanos. It's a pasuk in Malache talking about bringing bringing karbanos, and it says that you should, that you're bringing a. It's it's saying in the negative that you're bringing a stolen carbon. A pisach is a is a uh, a a carbon that has a blemish on it. That's a chola or a sick or a sick animal. So so it, you see how that that those talking about the three the it's talking it's speaking in the negative. These are the three things that that uh, that you that are not good when you're bringing a carbon. They're they're undesirable. So the Gemara says, "Gazol dumya de pisach." That gazol, a stolen a stolen animal, is similar to a blemished animal. Ma pisach les takanta, just like you can't correct a blemish on an animal that has a blemish. Right, you can't collect. You can't collect it. Afgazo lesle takanta. So too stealing, you can't. You cannot. Um, you cannot. Uh, you cannot correct. There's no takana. You cannot correct it. So we see from this pasuk that there is a similarity uh, between gazol, between stealing, and be- between a stolen animal uh, for purposes of a carbon, between a stolen animal and an animal that has a blemish on it. So therefore, um, that is uh, the proof that what we would be dealing with here is a mitzvah hababa avera by, by using a stolen lulav on anything after the first day of Yantif. Obviously, the Isra on the first day of Yantif comes directly from the Pasuk of Shalachem, uh, but anything after that would be what's called a mitzvah haba ba'avera. And that is the Amud for this week. Um, and as always, um, if anyone has any questions, please feel free to ask me. Uh, if not, I wish everyone a wonderful week. And as always, I say um, much love, peace out, Dan Lefton.